In the year 1850, on the northern shores of Lake Superior, two important treaties were signed. They are known as the Robinson-Superior and the Robinson-Huron Treaties of 1850. These were important treaties because by signing them, the Ojibwe people were saying that they allied with the British, the British government of the time as a protection against the Americans of the time. In the 1840s, a lot of minerals and natural resources were found around the shores of, the, of Lake Superior. On the northern shores, there was copper. On the southern shores, there was lead and copper. There's also iron in what's known as the Masabi Iron Range. Masabe is an Ojibwe word, which means big man or giant. So this iron, this lead, this copper, I talked about palladium before. We know about gold. There's a lot of resources that were here. And the chiefs at the time knew about the resources and wanted to protect not only our traditional way of life, but the stuff under the ground, which they knew was valuable to the British and the Americans. In the 1840s, the Ojibwe people of Lake Superior were trying to protect their way of life against the encroachment, especially of Americans. In the 1830s, the Americans had instituted their Indian Removal Act. So after 1830, all the Indians east of the Mississippi were forced west of the Mississippi. And so there was a huge migration of people in the 1830s and, and afterwards. In the 1840s, there was a lot of surveying done and a lot of mineral exploration done all across Turtle Island. And then in, the 18, in 1850, these two treaties were signed on the North Shores with the Ojibwe, who were powerful people at the time, with the British government, like I said, to protect themselves against American encroachment. This is how Canada was born. Not only were these treaties important to ally the Ojibwe with the British against the Americans, but these treaties were also the prototypes for later numbered treaties that I'll talk about at another time. These treaties cover millions of acres of land. What happened, though, is soon after the treaties were signed, they weren't really negotiated. It was mostly a take-it-or-leave-it attitude. After the treaties were signed, there was litigation almost immediately put in place against the colonial government. The chiefs wondered, how is it that you are building this infrastructure here when we said we were protecting it? And then what they said was, what we've signed isn't what we agreed to. The words must be different. And it must be known that they were written by William Robinson, which is why his name is remembered by them. He wrote copies of these treaties and had them translated to the chief and the headmen at the so-called negotiations. And he was only to go back with signed copies. That's the so-called negotiations of these treaties. So the Robinson Superior and Robinson Huron treaties were originally going to be one treaty, but they were split into two because the chiefs didn't want to have all that together. There was different types of Ojibwe. Some of the Ojibwe on the northwest part of Lake Superior did more hunting and moved with the seasons. But the Ojibwe 
on the eastern side of Lake Superior, down near Batchawana, did a lot of fishing. So there was, there was different industries. And the British government at the time knew of these, and they called them fisheries. And when they, when they did talk, they talked about fisheries and land and resources. But the treaties, if you read them today, don't talk about these things. They call it a land session, which is why this litigation has been in place for over 100 years, 150 years, more than that. It's still in the courts.